Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible here on the island of Guam at the Joy FM Studios. This is a live question and answer program. So please um, join us for prayer as we begin today's program. Heavenly Lord, we are so glad that we are here with our Bibles open and with our hearts open to the influence of your spirit, the spirit of truth. I would like to ask that your Holy Spirit be with us. Uh, here at Joy FM, and also be with our listening friends and guide us to know Jesus more. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and I'm very, very glad to be here with you today. And also with me today is my daughter, Hannah Moffinus. Hello, Hannah. Hello. Good to have my little girl here with me, helping me on the here. program. Now, Hannah's going to help me answer Bible questions, and, uh, and also she's just going to help me along with this program because... I can't do it all. <laughs> Hannah's here to help. And so I would like to um, ask Hannah if you can uh, help me with the, the contact information because we want our friends to call. If you have a Bible-related question, uh, pick up your phone right now and Hannah will give you the phone numbers to dial. Right. If you're living out in Guam, the number to call is 472-1111. If you're living in Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, the, num- the number to call is 323-1113. You could also email us at Bible, B-I-B-L-E, at joyfmradio.net. We are also live on Facebook. You can type in on Facebook the search bar. Joy FM Radio. And if you go to the Joy FM Radio, you'll see the live feed. Mm -hmm. And uh, the live feed, uh, you can click on that. You'll see how Hannah and I look. And we'll, from time to time, we'll wave at you. And uh, on the the comment section, you can uh, leave your question there. We'll see it right away. And also, if you if, if you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from five to six, then you're listening to a rebroadcast. You can still call or contact Joy FM, leave your question with the wonderful people here, but your live answer will come the following program, presumably the next Monday. All right, Hannah. We are. I, I'm looking forward to a wonderful time uh, answering Bible questions today. I'm just looking forward to opening the Bible. Yes. And so, why don't we? Uh, well, while people are getting their phones ready to call in their question, why don't we take a look at some of the questions that have come to us through email? And do we have any of those? Yes, we have a few. Um, our first question. Okay. Is the seventh-day Sabbath keeping necessary for salvation? Okay, so is it necessary Mm. for salvation? That's a good question. It is a good question. It is a good question. Okay, now the first thing that we need to make rock solid is that salvation comes not through any righteousness that we have. It's not through our law-keeping. 
Um, we see that all throughout the book of Romans where it says, uh, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified. Mm-hmm. In other words, no one is going to be forgiven or gain eternal life or make themselves perfect by the deeds of the law. By their works. By their mm-hmm. works. It's just impossible. There is no way we can match God's righteousness just by trying. You mm-hmm. might as well try drum- jumping to the next star. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just not going to happen. Um we are saved purely by the obedience, the law keeping of another person, and that is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We need to, I need to go to the Bible for that because that is such a very important teaching. And we're going to go to my favorite verse in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.21. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, we see that it is not our law keeping that brings us eternal life or salvation. Okay, so Second Corinthians five twenty one. Just, I mean, just boy, I did that last Monday too. Hannah, could you please read that for us? It's <laughs> we'll a see force how many of Mondays habit. it takes. It's, it's a force of habit. <laughs> okay, go uh, ahead. Okay, Second Corinthians five verse twenty one. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Okay, so it says plainly in this verse, the righteousness of God is ours, mm-hmm. but not through our law keeping. Right. It's through Jesus Christ. He became sin for us. Our sins condemned him to death. Right. But it's his righteousness, his obedience that justifies us and gives us the gift of eternal life. Let's go to the book of Ephesians 2. We'll read verse 8 and 9 of Ephesians 2. And it makes it crystal clear where salvation comes from. Okay, so Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Could you read that? Okay, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, faith, (laughs) and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It is not of works. It is Mm -hmm. entirely by the grace of God. How do we get the, the righteousness and the grace Well, it is by faith in Jesus. We need to trust in his righteousness, not our own. Mm -hmm. Okay. Having said all that, the grace of God will always, faith in the grace of God will always lead us to commandment keeping. Mm -hmm. Um, We see in the book of James, in the book of James, it says, well, I could could just quote it where it says, um, faith without works is dead. dead. And so a person can say, I have faith, I have faith. But if there is no corresponding um, uh, works to show that that faith is even there, then Mm -hmm. the faith doesn't exist. Yeah. It's almost like if I were to say, um, this building is on fire. No one's going to run out because they didn't believe in me. The works, their works of of staying put in their seat shows they really don't believe. And if I say I believe God, but I don't keep his commandments, then I'm saying that my faith is not genuine. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of like a relationship. um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it is a relationship with God. Definitely is. So if if you're in a relationship with someone or you're just even a friendship and you just never do do anything what, about what the relationship ask, yeah what they like to please them it's not a genuine relationship it's not yeah it's, exactly you're, you're, you're not sh- showing your love to them it, mm-hmm. it it's it's indicative it's right. a sign it's a red flag that there's something wrong with the yes. relationship now i'm mm-hmm. glad you brought up relationship because yeah. we're going to ezekiel 2020 
And in Ezekiel 2020, we see that the Sabbath is um, all about that saving relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Ezekiel chapter 20, uh, and we'll read verse 12 first. 20 verse 12. Okay, whenever you're ready. Okay, it says, Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me, uh, them and me, that they may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Okay, so that they may know that I am the Lord that sanctifies them. So mm -hmm. the, the Sabbath, the seventh-day Sabbath, shows that we know the Lord. Yeah. Right? And now read verse 20. Verse 20, it says, Hallow my Sabbaths, and they will be a sign between me and you, and you may know that I am the Lord your God. So, again, the Sabbath day is all about knowing the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to say that a person who has never heard of the Seventh-day Sabbath um, doesn't know God. But what I am saying is that if a person hears about the Sabbath, sees that it is it, it is the Bible Sabbath, mm -hmm. it's the only uh, day in the whole Bible that is made holy by God, that God commanded us to rest in. It's the only day that he says it's his day. Mm -hmm. And so if, if we see from the scriptures that it is the day that God has chosen and we reject that to some degree, we are rejecting a relationship with God. Yeah. And that is all about right. salvation. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, faith in God is what brings the grace of God to save us. Yes. That faith does include knowing him. And the Sabbath is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's his day uh, in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11, where it says the, the Sabbath day is the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. Yes. And so... We need to we need to understand that that we need to understand that the Sabbath is not just about oh if I don't keep it am I going to hell or if I keep it I'm going to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. We need to understand how it relates to salvation, how it relates to to God and Jesus Himself. Yeah. And when we see how God sees it, when we see how God values it, and how He prescribes it for a relationship with him, mm -hmm. then we see that it is, it does have an important part in our saving faith with God and Jesus. Right. It's like, it's like our weekend date with him. If you, um, like <laughs> plan dates yeah. with, with the person you're in a relationship with, and then you just never show up <laughs> and be like, why? You know, if I, I forget, don't you know I love you? I don't have to go on dates with you. If I forget my, yeah. if I forget my or anniversary, anniversary with, yeah. with your mother, um, that says something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that says something about, or if I want to do my own thing on that day, or on her birthday, right. or any day that is deemed special, special between us. And maybe we need to look. We we definitely need to look at the Sabbath that way. It's special to God, and it should be special to us as mm -hmm. well, because yeah. it's all about God. Yes. You know, you know the word holy. The word holy means God is there. Hmm. Um, when Moses was at the burning bush, it was holy ground. Why was it holy ground? Was it dirt that fell from heaven? No. It was because God was there. And mm -hmm. so, if the Sabbath is holy, that means God is there in a special way that that is not the same as the other days yeah. of the week. And so if God is there and we love God, then we're going to want to be there on the Sabbath, mm -hmm. resting and loving him. Amen. 
I think we nailed that all the way down. And by the way, if there's anybody who is listening right now and you would like to know uh, more about the Sabbath or you have a question about the Sabbath, why don't you um, contact us and ask a question? Now, Hannah, on Joy FM, it looks like a certain sister named Doreen has a question. Okay. Okay. She said, could you explain more about keeping the Sabbath day holy? What to do, what not to do, cooking, house chores? Okay. All right. I like the question. And we get this question, I get this question often enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So Even from what? your own kids. Uh, of course. And Dad, can we do this? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when my kids were kids, that's when they asked. Now, they kind of know. Uh, but here's the thing is that... Um, the basic principle, the basic principle is um, what God said in his holy law in the fourth commandment. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm repeating Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11, where it says, remember the seventh day, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. I just quoted the entire fourth commandment um, in, in entirety. So the basic principle is work that uh, can be done in any of the other six days, especially mm-hmm. business, yeah. anything, your your vocation, your employment, uh, that is for the other six working days. But this day needs to be kept very, very uh, special and entirely consecrated to God. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there are there are times when, you know, like mothers do, do mothers neglect their their babies on on the Sabbath day. No. You know, no, it's a Sabbath day. I'm not going to do your diapers. I'm not going to feed you. Of course not. That's not how it goes. But whenever somebody asks me, what can, how do I keep the Sabbath? This is, it's a basic principle. Make your Sabbath, make the Sabbath day as stress free as possible. Mm-hmm. If it can be done on Friday or if it can wait until Sunday, right. then so be it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times if I look at something and I say, wait a minute, can this wait until after the Sabbath? Mm-hmm. Yes, it can. You know, let that that plate sit in the in the sink. I can it can, it can wait. Mm-hmm. Can I cook before the Sabbath so I don't have to cook on right. on on Saturday? Well, yes, I can. I can make I can make a simple sandwich so that on the Sabbath I have some lunch. Right. And so, yes, if it uh, keep your Sabbath as stress free as possible. Um, cooking, I I. I like to do my cooking before the Sabbath mm-hmm. or just have something simple that yeah. doesn't require any cooking. Uh, house chores, that can definitely wait. Yes. You know, mothers, moms, you, I know you look at the house and you're like, oh my, there's stuff on the floor. I know, I know. It, it hurts <laughs> the eyes. But um, it, just, you know, gather your children together and you can do activities together. And you can enjoy it, and then the cleaning can come later, and let your kids help you. <laughs> or, or before, that's why the Bible calls Friday the preparation day. Preparation day, that's mm-hmm. right. Let's prepare for the Sabbath. Yes. So the basic principle is make your Sabbath day as stress-free as you possibly can. And, and in that way, you can enjoy the Sabbath. Yeah. And rest your mind while you're at it. Don't look at things and say, oh, man, i got to do this. And 
get into a mindset of rest where you're like, I'm not going to stress. Get into vacation mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to stress. I'm just going to focus on God and and my family and have a wonderful time. Yes. But thank you very much, Doreen. I really, really appreciate the question. Okay. Um, it looks like uh, we have gone many minutes into our program today, and we're very glad that you are watching. We're glo- so glad you're uh, v- watching the video on Facebook and you're listening. If you would like to call us, that would put an extra smile on our face. So why don't you call 472-1111, That's if you're calling from Guam. But if you are at the other islands of the CNMI, Saipan, Tinian, and Rhoda, please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. And, of course, you can go to Facebook.com forward slash Joy FM Radio. And in the comment section of the live stream that you could be watching, you can leave your comment there. Uh, but what we really want to, we really want your call. We want to hear your voice. It's nice making new friends. And so go ahead and call us. Don't I be know. No. <laughs> In Chamorro, that means don't be, there's nothing to be ashamed of calling. But thank you very much for watching. Why don't you call your question in? Okay, Hannah, do we have another question for uh, email? From email, I should say. Yes. We have a question that says... Is Jesus, uh, sorry, if Jesus is God and Jesus died on the cross, does that mean God died too? Good question. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like how that question starts. If Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Oh, that little word oh. if. I like to address that because that has to be nailed down uh, really, really tight uh, because Jesus is God. He is divine. He is the creator. If we go to the book of John, chapter 3, it's my favorite verse to turn to whenever I think of this. There are many other verses that I could turn to, but this is like the first one that jumps to my mind. In the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, and uh, maybe, Hannah, you can help me read those verses. And we take a look at what does the Bible say about Jesus. Okay, John, chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Okay, now there are some who suggest that Jesus was created by the Father, that He was made by the Father. Mm. But if that's true, then verse 2 could not be true. Yeah. Because it says that without Him, there wasn't anything made that was made. But mm. if Jesus was made, then that would be one thing that He didn't make. Yeah. And so, verse, we have a choice. Either verse 2 is true. And Jesus is the creator, and he made every single created thing. Mm-hmm. Or verse tr- verse two is not true, and the Father made Jesus. So I would like to, I would like, we must stand on verse two and say, I'm sorry, verse three. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I've been saying verse two, verse two. But verse three, we have to stand on verse three and say, mm-hmm. Jesus is not created. Yeah. He is God himself. Even verse two, it says mm. he was in the beginning with God. It didn't say in the beginning he was created by God. He was Very already true. there in the beginning 
with God. Very true. Mm-hmm. In no in no place do we see that Jesus was created anywhere. Yeah. Nowhere, and certainly not in these verses. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That means the Word was with the Father, and the Word was God, God the Son. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, Jesus is God. If you go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1, the Father commands all the angels to worship Jesus. And in, again, in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, the Father calls Jesus God. And so there's just so many um, testimonies from the scriptures that show that Jesus was not a man. He was not a created angel. He was, I'm sorry, when I say he's not a man, he wasn't just a mere man. I should say it that way. Forgive me. He did become a man. Um, But he was uh, as much God as the Father is and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, now to the rest of the question. When Jesus died on the cross, does that mean that God died too? Mm. That's another good question. When Jesus died on the cross, humanity died, but divinity lived on. Um, when I say this, it's because Jesus said something important. He says, my father and I are one. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the father is, Jesus is also. The humanity, Jesus gave his life, he spilled his human blood, but the divinity of Jesus, which was, you know, at one with the Father, because the Father was still in existence and he was still alive, then of course Jesus, his divinity never, um, uh, never lost any potent and never lost any strength and never lost any power and never went out of existence. Mm. His humanity died, but his divinity, um, of course, survives through the Father. Um, in other words, God, who is infinite, never became less infinite. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Jesus' divinity never lost his potency, even for a, even for a moment mm. or a second. And he so, didn't like retire, take a break from being God. He <laughs> exactly constantly, constantly, always constantly, God. and Still and is. God and God's existence went uninterrupted. F- as from and this is something that it, that it's something that humans have a hard time grasping but the bible says from everlasting to everlasting you are god mm-hmm. everlasting that means uninterrupted ever since ever since and mm-hmm. evermore forevermore there is not a time where god did not exist mm-hmm. and so did did god die too on the cross jesus the son of man gave his life but his divinity um, never, uh, what never gets interrupted and never mm-hmm. ceases to exist because it survives with the Father. Right. So that's that's how the I, that's how I believe the Bible um, describes the divinity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm, I feel like I'm talking a, a million miles a minute. Do we have a call? I think we have a call waiting, and so we are going to take a look at uh chris and it looks like chris is going to ask us a question go ahead hey good afternoon can you hear me we can hear you chris thanks for holding and thank you very much for calling yes long time no speak with uh, how you guys been (laughs) god has been good to us i hope he has been to you too (laughs) he has great question about revelations 13 verses 16 and 17. Okay, so let's read those verses, and then we can hear what you have to say about the verses. And Revelation 13, you said 16 and 17, didn't you? Yes, sir, 16 and 17. All right. And uh, Hannah, would you like to read that for us? 
Sure. Starting verse 16, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their hands and their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Are those the verses you're referring to, Chris? Yes, sir. So that mark of the beast, it basically, if you read that, it sounds like that a whole slew of people are going to be taking that mark. Is that right? It does say that all the world wonders after the beast and worships it and receives the mark. So and it is definitely the majority. the mark whose name is not written in the book of life. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, so that means for that mark, you're going to have pastors telling their congregation to take that mark. Am I right? I would agree with that, yes. And basically, for those who don't take the mark, they're going to look pretty much like the oddball. They will be singled out and persecuted, according to the rest of Revelation 13, yes. And they won't be able to fly, go to the bank, <laughs> go in the store, or anything, right? They're going to be, they're going to be subject to a lot of lockdowns, yes. <laughs> and if they, therefore, they'll be in big trouble. So, like you have a frog, you put a frog in a pot of water... You cook them real slow to the point, if you turn up the heat very slow, the frog won't even realize he's being cooked. I've heard that analogy before. I wonder who ever tried that, but um, yeah, I have heard that. <laughs> right. You get them in increments. So here's the flip side of the coin for a trial run by Qantas Airlines. If you don't have the vaccine, you won't be flying. If you don't have the vaccine, you won't be going in certain stores. This is like a trial run. <laughs> and I had a friend of mine, I asked him, he said, well, he told me, he, he kind of, uh, his the policy of his job kind of told him if he didn't take the vaccine, he won't be working there very long. So he's forced to. And I asked him, what's in it? He said, excuse me? I said, the vaccine that they're telling you to take, what's in it? What are the ingredients? And he said, he doesn't know. I said, ask your job, what's in it? He says, Chris, it doesn't matter. If I take the shot, I want to keep my job. So back to the mark of the beast there. Whether you okay. take it, you won't go in the store. You won't, if you take that mark, if you don't take it, you won't be able to fly. You won't be able to shop or nothing. So just like the frog in a pot of water cooking real slow, and Qantas Airlines now said that no one will be flying unless they take the vaccine. Now you've got this vaccine passport that's coming up. No one's going to be getting on any plane. And in small increments, little by little, and the person who does refuse to take that vaccine will be ostracized. So I see a little comparison, and everyone's going along with the program, and you have callers saying, well, we need that vaccine to protect <laughs> okay. us. All right. So that's my point there. I want to get your thoughts about that. And uh, I'll listen over the air, but it looks like a dry run to me. Okay. Thank and, you very uh, thank much. Thank you for taking my call, and I'll listen over the air. All right. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Um, yeah, there, there's the whole controversy of, well, of vaccines and what's mandatory and things like that. And, um, you know, airlines, of course, as a business, they have a right to... Uh, refuse 
you know, just like any business, uh, can refuse the, uh, to give service to anybody who doesn't meet whatever criteria. So I'm not going to condemn any business for wanting to keep their customers safe or anything like that. Um, but Chris, you bring up a very, very uh, valid, um, valid uh, mindset where if we if if people continue to give up freedoms then when when uh, big time persecution comes it seems like if we're just used to compromising all the time then it just becomes easier and easier uh, however i would like to point out something that is very uh what would be the key issue in the book of revelation 13 in the book of revelation 13 the whole issue is not really about taking away freedoms uh, the, the taking away of freedoms is a means to an end in the book of Revelation 13. The, the whole reason for the mark of the beast, the whole reason for implementing the image um, is to coerce worship. And, you know, if a person wants to take a vaccine or not, I would like to say that um, that that doesn't have and a uh, you might say it doesn't have a a direct bearing on their relationship or faith with God. Mm-hmm. Um, it does if you take the vaccine. Uh, I know that you, Chris, you weren't saying that. You were simply saying this may be a dry run, a trial run, uh, be whatever it may. The the key issue where where every Christian should draw the line is when it comes to worship. On this, we must never compromise. And so, uh, are things preparing us for the mark of the beast? I wouldn't put it past the devil to, uh, you know, get everybody to be used to compromising. But I believe that if we if we are looking to the scriptures and we're looking to Jesus, we see the one thing that we can never compromise on, and that is faith with God and obedience to his commandments. And before the we turn to our break, I just want to say what I say to all the people when I, when I study the Mark of the Beast with them. If you keep the commandments of God and you are faithful to him, full of faith to him, you will not receive the Mark of the Beast. Okay, we may talk a little bit more about that after the break, but right now, as you can hear from the music, we are going to be taking just a short break. We'll be right back after this. Think about these three links. One, those who follow Christ are citizens of heaven. Life here is short. Two, we're asked to make the commands of Jesus a priority. Three, our greatest treasure will always be in heaven. Here's the connection. Those things always lead to sharing good news, and we offer tools to do just that. Your prayers and financial gifts make that possible. Thanks for walking with us. Listener supported, Joy FM. Family Friendly Radio. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. 
Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. And we have returned back to our program, and we're very, very glad that you are still tuned in. And uh, my name is Pastor Louis Moffness. With me is, is Hannah Moffness, and we are very, very glad to be here with you on Straight from the Bible. This is a Bible question and answer program. Call in your questions right now. Here's the numbers to do so, 472-1111, 472-1111. And if you are calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, then from those beautiful islands, dial 323-1113, 323-1113. Now, if you would like to go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio, that's where you can see the live stream. And on that live stream, there's a comment section. Go ahead and leave your question there. We'll see it immediately. Now, Hannah, I believe someone did, do, in fact, do that. And mm-hmm. um, who is asking us a question? And what is the question? Right. So Norma is asking, talking about Sabbath, does it really matter which or what day you rest? Does it really matter which day that we are resting? Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people who uh, have the idea that, well, as long as you're resting one day a week and, you, and you're worshiping God on that day, whether it be Tuesday, Friday, or Saturday, or Sunday, mm-hmm. as long as it's any day, right? Uh, well, I would like to point out that God did make a difference on on what on the on the Sabbath day, the seventh day Sabbath that he did not do on any other day. We go to the book of uh, Genesis for this. If we can go to the book of Genesis chapter two, and then we read verses two and three. And I would like to ha- ask for your help to read that. Okay. Genesis chapter two, verses two and three. Thank you, Hannah. And on the seventh day, God ended his word work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done then god blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which god created and made three things that god did on the seventh day that he did not do to any other day first of all it says that he blessed the 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 seventh day so the seventh day is blessed. And when something is blessed by God, there's a verse in the scriptures that say, what you bless is blessed forever. Mm-hmm. And so God blessed that day. And by the way, bless means happy. And so he made that day to have a special, uh, a special, um, how can I say, an element of joy on that day. And so God blessed the seventh day. Then he sanctified it. Now, the word sanctified is very interesting. The word sanctified means he set it apart for a holy use. Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to be used for anything else. Like you wouldn't use a Bible to to uh, to make a to put under a table leg to make it steady. That's a holy Bible Mm -hmm. that you don't use it. You can use a telephone book. Sure. But holy things you don't treat as common. Use it with respect. With utmost respect. That's right. And then it says that he rested on that day. On the first day, he made this. On the second day, he made that. But on the seventh day, nothing. He rested from that day. Three things he blessed, he sanctified, he rested. Those three things he did on the seventh day that he did not do on any other day. So Mm -hmm. did it matter to God? Did he make a difference between the seventh day and the other days? I think it's very evident that he did. Now, does it matter which day we keep? 
you know, this is the third time I'm going to Exodus chapter (laughs) 8. In the book of Exodus chapter 8, and then, uh, I'm sorry, not chapter 8, Exodus chapter 20, and then starting from verse 8, if you could please read verse 10. Okay. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is it within your gates. Okay. That was verse 10, which is kind of like in the heart of the of the uh, Sabbath commandment. It says, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. In it thou shalt not do any work. Mm-hmm. It does not, uh, God didn't say in a Sabbath, in a seventh day, um, you can, uh, you rest and, and not do your work. Mm-hmm. He says, the, that's a definite article. In other words, if I say, bring me a book, well, you can bring me a Bible, you can bring me a phone book, you can bring me a geography book. You can bring me anything. But when I say bring me the book. Mm, it's specific. Then you, you'll be like, okay, which one are you talking about? Because mm-hmm. you, you obviously don't want just any book. When God says the Sabbath day, the seventh day, he's not just saying one of the seven. He's saying mm-hmm. that one. You must keep that one holy, the one that I rested on, the one that I blessed, the one that I sanctified. Mm-hmm. And so I don't believe that it is up to us to choose which day to give to him. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah, there's nothing wrong with keeping this day, that day. But God made a difference. God made a specific, definite um, identification of which day he wanted. And so, yes, I do believe it matters very much to God which day uh, we keep holy. Okay, so thank you very much, Norma, for your question. We certainly hope that answered the question. Okay, so, uh, Hannah, I believe that we do still have some questions that have come to us while we're waiting for our beloved friends to pick up their phones and call. And so let's have another uh, Bible question from email. Yes, this one says, Jesus said we should forgive 70 times 7. That equals 490 X's or times we should forgive. We already have forgiven them 489 times already. What should we do if they exceed the forgiven limit? (laughs) Okay. That, <laughs> I, I've i never had that question asked, but I think everyone was thinking it, <laughs> you know, because... I've thought about this question. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have. So, Jesus, he did say, um, well, Peter was the one who says, how many times should I forgive my uh, someone who has wronged me? Seven times? Now, Peter asked seven times because, according to Jewish custom, three times was all you had to forgive a person and then you start taking revenge. Mm -hmm. So Peter decided to double it and add one. And ooh, that's so generous of Peter. But Jesus says, I say not unto thee until seven times. This is Matthew 18, 22. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Now I want you to please um, get what Jesus is saying here. He is not giving you a limit of forgiveness. He is basically telling you, don't count. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to forgive somebody 490 times, 
And that is just for one particular kind of, you know, one particular thing that he keeps repeating. Then, you know, by the time you get to 10, 11, 12, you, you stop counting. And that's the point. That's the point that Jesus is making. He's saying that uh, he's saying that uh, there is there should be no limit to forgiveness. How do I know this? Because it's in the Lord's prayer. In the Lord's mm-hmm. prayer, he says, "Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors." Now, mm-hmm. how many times do you want God to forgive you? When do you want God to stop forgiving you? Never. And so, <laughs> we should never stop. We forgiving. should never f- stop forgiving other people. That's the reason why I know that's what Jesus is talking about here. Mm-hmm. He's not saying count to four hundred eighty-nine and say you got one more strike, buddy. He's not saying that. He's saying like you want to be forgiven, you should forgive the same way. Mm-hmm. Stop counting. Oh, and by the way, God did do this, and um, and to the Jewish people in Daniel chapter nine. He says, um, 70 weeks, 70 times seven, mm-hmm. uh, are determined upon your people. So it's kind of like a hearkening back to uh, this prophecy of Daniel. Marvelous study. Anyways, uh, but even after the 490 uh, uh, week, I'm sorry, the 70 weeks of Daniel chapter nine, God still loves the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. He hasn't stopped forgiving them. Yeah. And so God, he does not want us to count how many times we forgive. But if you want to say, uh, what do we do when we exceed the limit of forgiving? Exceed even more. Mm-hmm. Start counting from number one all over again. Mm-hmm. That's and what I ask, say. ask God to give you the that forgiveness in your heart to give to uh, other people. Because I know as us humans, I <laughs> do it too, where, you know, it can get tiring. And so if someone keeps wronging you and you don't have that strength in yourself to give, but... You can only get that strength to God to forgive. He's the one that gives us that forgiveness to give out, right? Forgiveness is a miracle of grace. Mm-hmm. That is yes. true. That is not only true about God forgiving us. That's a miracle of grace. Mm-hmm. But having forgiveness extend to another person is also a miracle of the same grace. Yes. I, I want to say this, that... Um, it really isn't in our heart to forgive. Yeah, it's not every, every human time. nature. No, it's not. Carnal if, nature. If the it's Holy not. Spirit were withdrawn from us, we wouldn't forgive. No. Every time we truly forgive from the heart, that's God doing something in mm-hmm. your heart. And that's a wonderful thing. Whenever you have pity on a person, whenever you look at a person and say, from the heart, I, I release you from all guilt and responsibility God has just moved your heart and he has spoken through you. Mm-hmm. You can you can truly you can truly say that the other person can see God's forgiveness to him through you. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It's a good witness. It certainly is. Okay, so I love these questions that are coming through. And yeah, it we looks have really like we, interesting questions today. <laughs> it's great. It's great. And these questions are wonderful, but we do, we would like to hear more uh, phone calls. And so go ahead and dial those numbers or go to our Facebook page. And by the way, we have an, a number that we can, you can WhatsApp us and text us your question. And Hannah, what is that number? 
or you can text us 671-686-9999. So 671 is the area code. And this is from the CNMI, you can do the same. Mm-hmm. 686-9999. That is such an easy number. Yeah. I like it how we make our numbers easy here. All of our numbers are really easy. <laughs> okay. So go ahead and pick up your phone and either call or we love it when you call, though. And also, uh, if you like to WhatsApp, text us, you're free to do that also. Okay, so do we have another question that has come to us? Yes, we have one from JC in Barragata. His question is, or their question, I'm not sure if it's a guy or a girl. Mm. My question is, if your brother or sister of the same denomination as you are are Christ and are Christ-like are blocking you from social media um, accounts and you don't want to talk to you or doesn't acknowledge you um, that you're still showing the love of Christ towards them, towards that brother or sister. Interesting. Okay. So what do you do if they keep blocking you, but you they don't want to talk to you? And, and then even sh- though you're showing a Christ-like loving character towards them. I think this is going to be very related to what we just heard about in about mm, forgiveness. Right. Uh, it's going to it's a tough road when other people don't understand you know there were a lot of people who rejected Jesus mm-hmm. and they said you know we don't want you here mm-hmm. there, that was true when Jesus cast out a legion of demons out of a out of two demon possessed men uh, and the the uh, the demons went to the pigs drowned the pigs were more like the pigs committed suicide because of their mental state Um and then afterwards, the people who owned the pigs went and told the village. The village comes out and they just reject Jesus. They basically blocked him from all social media, from all social contact. We don't want you anywhere near. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, as a perfect gentleman, uh, you know, honor their choice. But, you know, it's really interesting that before he left, he, he one of the demon-possessed men, uh, who was no longer demon-possessed, came to him and says, can I follow you? I want to be disciple number 13. And Jesus says, actually, why don't you stay here and just tell everybody what happened. Tell everybody how wonderful God has been to you. And that demoniac went to Decapolis, 10 cities, and told everybody everything. He, he shared his testimony everywhere. And Jesus actually came back a little bit later, and everybody welcomed him. Mm. Sometimes... In order for the grace of God to get through a person's conscience, it takes some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we maybe it's just best we allow people that time right. to forgive, um, to have their heart softened, to listen to God. And many times, you know, when when they when we show that uh, when we show that we respect them, and uh, but we still love them. That has a winning. That has a winning uh, influence as well. Mm-hmm. But if they never, ever accept you ever, ever again, then by all means, continue having that Christ-like attitude mm-hmm. uh, towards them. Never. That should never stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you can always pray and hope for the best, and hopefully, their hearts will be softened and they come back to you. Uh, reconciliation is always a beautiful thing. But if the, if it never happens, then you know we we may shed a tear, and I'm sure God does too. 
but uh, always be a good Christian towards them. Yes. That, that should never stop. I hope that answered the question. And uh, that is something definitely that uh, our friend JC uh, uh, can bring to the Lord in prayer over and over again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Hannah, do we have anything else? Uh, do we have any other questions? Uh, yes. Uh, it looks oh. like we... Oh, we have a call. Do we have a call? Oh, oh, oh we have someone left a uh, someone okay, left a, someone uh, left a question, question okay. here. It says, "How do you respond to someone that believes there's a possibility that Jesus was married and had children?" A possibility. This one came from WhatsApp. <laughs> um, you know what's really interesting? I don't think it's a possibility at all. And the reason why is because when Jesus was uh, um, on the cross dying. Um, he saw the disciple that he loved, and that was John, and he called um, his disciple John, and he says to his mother, um, Mother, behold thy son. And he says to John, Behold your mother. In other words, he wanted his mom to um, be taken care of. Uh, it's interesting that there was no wife at the bottom of the cross looking mm. on. He's and when mom. John... Uh, when John was looking at, uh, I'm sorry, when Jesus was looking at John, he didn't entrust his wife to be taken care of by anybody. So I think uh, the there. First of all, there's no, there's an absence of any evidence that Jesus ever had a romantic relationship or was married. Can't and find that anywhere. In it's the Bible. nowhere in the Bible, and there's actually evidence to show that he wasn't. And not only that, but Jesus. Um, Jesus is going to get married. In the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 20, I believe it is, it talks about the marriage of the Lamb. So Jesus is going to get married not to one person, but to his whole people, to, to a whole people. That is going to be his bride. You see this bride in Revelation chapter 12, mm-hmm. a woman standing on the sun, I'm sorry, standing on the moon, clothed with the sun, with a garland of 12 stars around her head, the bride of Christ. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he says that I have betrothed, he's talking to the church, I have betrothed you as a chaste virgin to Jesus. Mm. And so Jesus is going to get married. Now, I don't believe a person can get married twice. And, you know, of course, there's the whole thing with divorce. But no, Jesus is going to get married, not to one person, but to a whole people. Mm-hmm. And so I believe these things, putting it all together, shows that Jesus was saving himself for marriage. Mm. And so, um, yeah, um, that's what I would say to the person who believes there's a possibility that Jesus had a wife and kids. I don't believe it is a possibility. And I think the Bible is silent about that because there was no such thing. (laughs) Okay. Good question. Whoever sent that in? Oh, somebody text that in. You see what happens when we give out our WhatsApp number? It's good for people to take advantage of that. Okay. Um, Hannah, why don't you give out those phone numbers one more time so our wonderful friends who are listening can call? Right. We have a a little bit of time left on the clock. The number to call in Guam is 472-1111. If you're in the CNMI, 323-1113. Okay. And uh, yes, we have about nine minutes. I believe if you call right now, light up our phone lines. Our wonderful, handsome uh, telephone operator is uh, waiting by the phone. And we, we, you know what? 
call right now. Call your Bible question right now. We can take it right now. Eight more minutes. Mm -hmm. yes. The more I talk, the, the the more you're listening. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna let Hannah ask another question, and <laughs> while you're getting the phone, okay? Go okay. ahead. Okay. Um, there is a question from Carol. She's asked, please explain Psalm 88 verses 1 and 2. Okay, Psalm 88, 1 and 2. And Hannah, I'll raise you there. Whoever gets there first can read it. Okay, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> I'm there too. Okay, go ahead then. Okay. O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. This is a wonderful prayer. Yes. I love this. Look at that. You know, sometimes I forget that uh, the book of Psalms, it's really music. Mm -hmm. I would love to meet David in the kingdom of heaven and hear him sing these things. Mm -hmm. The Lord God of my salvation. This is talking, you know, whenever David sings about God, you know that David is talking to a God he is so intimate with. That he knows personally. It's so, it's so, um, yeah, you can see the closeness he had with his Lord. Yeah. He cried day and night before him. I imagine there's a lot of people who can relate. That, have you ever read the book of Psalms and you're like, oh, I know mm -hmm. exactly what that. that. <laughs> you feel it so deeply. Mm -hmm. I cried day and night. That, you know, that tells me that David believed that, um, you know, never stop praying mm -hmm. and never stop crying out before the Lord. Right. And I know that God heard every cry. He saw every tear. And I love verse 2, let my prayer come before you. You know what? That's a miracle in itself because if God is, if his throne is past the cosmos and it's somewhere out there beyond the constellations and our prayer, our little itty bitty prayer on this tiny little rock floating through space is able to make it to that throne before mm -hmm. God. I don't know how God does it. Well, first of all, I know he's everywhere, but to have our prayer reach the throne room, that is amazing. It just shows that no prayer is too weak. Mm -mm. Every prayer makes it, yeah. and especially the prayer of faith. And uh, wow. And I imagine the angels have something to do with that, oh, yeah. uh, where the angels bring our prayer there and say, Louis, just ask for this. <laughs> and, God's, I think so. and God is like, yes, I know. I heard him. <laughs> <laughs> you beat the angel. Oh yes, incline your ear into my cry. Unto my cry. You know how you incline your ear. You ever do this when you're trying uh, to listen yes. to somebody? I do that all the well, time. I have such bad hearing. <laughs> well, God doesn't have bad hearing, but mm -hmm. you know, in other words, He's He just wants asking God to listen to Him. Exactly, yeah. and and we are assured here that God is doing this. He is basically giving us undivided attention mm -hmm. with our prayers. He's not like, oh, I'm sorry, did you say something? No, he's like, go ahead, S mm -hmm. speak it right into my ear. I am paying close attention to you as if there's nobody else. Mm -hmm. And so I love, thank you very much yes. for having us read this verse, Carol. I it's love this beautiful. Verse. I think this whole, actually, I'm looking at the entire. The entire psalm there in Psalm 88, it's beautiful. It's a wonderful mm -hmm. prayer uh, when we're talking about affliction, when we're talking about uh, wrath and things like that. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. I think this is a good place to start because I've had some people ask me because mm. they've never really prayed before. They don't know how to pray and they want somewhere to start with. Yeah. So this, the psalms is a beautiful place to 
It's a wonderful place mm-hmm. to have a sampling of yeah. what it means to not only cry out to the Lord in our anguish, but also to be to be full of joy. Right. There's a, there are there's a little bit of everything in the Book of Psalms. <laughs> yeah. There's joy. There's history. There's prophecy. There, there's just so many things. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like whenever you read it, you, you you can say, "Yeah, I relate to that." Right. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You're right. If a mm-hmm. person um, would like to know, well, how can I cry out to God? Um, the Psalms gives a lot of good examples right. of how a person may do that. So mm-hmm. why not take up Psalm 88 and read it? Right. I always tell them, you know, just speak from your heart. You can ask God anything. But if if you're just not comfortable with that yet, then you can go to the Psalms. True. Well, the truth is, is that um, in the book of Romans chapter 8, it says that the Spirit um, intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. In mm-hmm. other words, even when we are a blubbering mess and yeah. we can't even speak because our hearts are so heavy, and we are just, if we can only croak out, God help me, you know, mm-hmm. um, God hears what you, what you would say if you had perfect language to speak. Mm-hmm. Your great need is so eloquent to his ears that it, uh, I mean, it's true. I mean, a, a young child who can't even speak proper English yet doesn't need to have the language of a poet or, or, or a learned uh, a learned person in order to reach the heart of mom, you know? Mm-hmm. And so our God who has a heart so big, it's, he's not looking for eloquent prayers. He's, it's, he's looking upon your broken heart and what you need. And he knows what you need even before you say it. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you're right. Uh, just, just say whatever it is that your heart wants to say to him. The point is he's listening and he knows uh, what you need, and he will answer. It looks like we have three minutes left. You know, Hannah, I hate to say this, but we may not have time to take a question um, um, right with the limited time that we have left. And as I th- as I thought, uh, it looks like there is a... It looks like uh, we're out of time. And so the music is playing, which means we've had a wonderful... Uh, program with you, but mm-hmm. our I loved time all is the up. questions. We did. <laughs> we loved all the questions. When we're glad for the calls, and we're so glad to open the scriptures with you. And I would like to invite you. We would like to invite you to tune in again next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffness and Hannah Moffness saying good night. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.